morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Thursday, February 8th. On this date in 1968, a protest in South Carolina turned deadly. Three black students from South Carolina State University were shot and killed in a confrontation between demonstrators and highway patrolmen in Orangeburg. The protest centered on a whites-only bowling alley in Orangeburg. Henry Smith, Samuel Hammond, and Delano Middleton died, and dozens were hurt in what became known as the Orangeburg Massacre, a dark moment in the state's history 56 years ago today. Now let's get a look at today's forecast. And good morning, I'm meteorologist Joey Sovine. And look at your weather today, cold and frosty for many of you early this morning. Temperatures starting out in the 30s, going through the 40s. will be near 60 degrees by lunchtime. So really quick warm-up today, partly cloudy, low to mid-60s for high temperatures this afternoon. Then not as chilly this evening or overnight. Lows will be in the mid-40s. Tomorrow afternoon, 71. Will be mostly cloudy but dry. Saturday, same deal, 74 degrees, still dry. But late in the day on Sunday, we'll see the rain chance go up up and it looks like it could be pretty wet on Monday. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast, powered by the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Now, let's get to your morning headlines. He wants you to actively help shape the future of the community. There are different ways you can weigh in on the new Greenbelt Master Plan. It'll be used to determine how your tax dollars will be spent. Live 5's Destiny Kennedy explains the plan itself and how you can give your input. Officials are providing a survey and drop-in sessions to ensure that every community member have a chance to contribute to the Greenbelt plan. During the 2022 elections, residents voted for a penny sales tax for transportation in Greenbelt programs, which included $700 million for the transportation program projects and $35 million for the Greenbelt program projects. The planning and zoning department is about halfway through the creation of the master plan. So far, they've gathered background information and mapping data. Now the only thing that is missing is community feedback. Officials say feedback is crucial in guiding development that will preserve and enhance the county. The survey covers various aspects of the Greenbelt Master Plan, including the preservation of existing green spaces, the development of new recreational areas, and strategies for enhancing environmental sustainability. The Planning and Zoning Director for Dorchester County, Kira Reinerson, shares what kind of feedback they are looking for. So do they want to see parks? Do they want to see trails? Do they want to see areas left for wildlife habitat? Do they want access to rivers for canoe and kayak trails? So we're really trying to understand what they want to see on these properties, um, but also what types of roadblocks or impediments they have to being able to use these. Additionally, the county is hosting two public drop-in sessions where you can share your thoughts and learn more about the project. The first session kicks off today from 5 to 7 p.m. at St. George Rosenwald School. And the next session is Tuesday, February 13th from 5 to 7 p.m. at Austin Middle School Cafeteria. Now that survey shouldn't take long to complete. It will remain open until Tuesday, March 5th. Reporting in Somerville, Destiny Kennedy, Live 5 News. More affordable housing could be coming to Charleston County. This comes after County Council previously approved a $20 million housing plan that created a special program designed to fill a funding gap for affordable housing in the area. Our Autumn Klein joins us live from North Charleston to explain the program and what impact it could have going forward. Autumn. 
Shelby, Katie, the GAP financing and infill development program was put in place to provide financial assistance to organizations proposing the construction of more affordable housing. This program essentially fills that missing gap of funding these organizations may need to fulfill their plans. Last year, the nonprofit 180 Place received $2 million from the program. The CEO of 180 Place tells me they see over 400 people sleeping outside on any given night. The money received last year is going toward the construction of 70 new units of affordable housing for people moving out of homelessness. So that $2 million investment in our project really is is crucial to getting us across the finish line. And so we're just thrilled that there will be other organizations that are going to benefit from that same kind of funding. Tonight, the county will vote on the approval of funding for four more projects that could total just under $3 million. If approved, $200,000 of that funding will go to Metanoia, another nonprofit seeking to build four affordable homes on Baxter Street in North Charleston. We want to be able to invest in creating more opportunities for folks um, so that they can live in, in place and be able to be a part of this thriving and growing North Charleston and its future. Last year, the GAP Financing and Infill Development Program was able to fund seven projects, yielding over 300 apartments and over 30 new homes. The meeting will take place tonight here at the county's government office on Bridgeview Drive. The meeting will begin at 5 p.m. Live in North Charleston, Autumn Klein, Live 5 News. James Island woman is sharing her story for the first time after surviving a hit and run on Woodland Shores Road. 35-year-old Jen Drummond was surrounded by family yesterday afternoon as she gave an update on her ongoing recovery. She was involved in that hit and run last June and doesn't remember anything from that day or the 12 to 18 months prior. Since the incident, Drummond has relearned how to speak, walk, and write after suffering injuries from the head to the hip. Her story sparked action in the community who fought for a lower speed limit and speed bumps along the road. Coming up at 6, we'll hear from Drummond and her family about her recovery and how they're all feeling now. A woman charged in the death of a two-year-old in Berkeley County is avoiding life in prison. By entering what's called an Alford plea yesterday, Stephanie Ann Johnson will only face a maximum of 30 years behind bars. Now, this plea means that while Johnson isn't accepting guilt, she acknowledges that the state has enough evidence for a conviction in a trial. In May of 2020, Johnson babysat two-year-old Alex Young, who was found unconscious in a Hanahan backyard pool. A police investigation determined Johnson waited nearly two hours to call for help after Googling how to get water out of lungs. Johnson has been placed on house arrest until her official sentencing, something Young's mother says she's satisfied with. This way she can't go out and get another DUI while out on bond um, and put more people in danger because that's what she's about. Johnson's sentencing is scheduled for April 23rd at the Berkeley County Courthouse. The student accused of shooting a gun inside a South Carolina State University building is now facing an attempted murder charge. 19-year-old Rolando Eiffel now faces three charges, the other two, assault and a weapons charge. Campus police arrested Eiffel after reports of a shooting Tuesday morning. Officials say Eiffel and the victim got into a fight, and that's when Eiffel pointed the gun at the victim and fired, but he did not hit the victim. Yesterday, Eiffel was released on a $50,000 bond. 
Nick Reagan here from our first alert desk. We're following an intensifying effort overnight to reach the crash site of a missing military helicopter. That helicopter went missing en route from Nevada to California Tuesday with five Marines on board. Search teams located it yesterday afternoon, but because it crashed in the mountains of San Diego, they're having trouble accessing the site. It's currently unknown why the helicopter crashed, but the area was hit with severe storms at that time, and today's snow is expected to impact any kind of rescue or recovery efforts. As for the survivors, so far, there's been no sign of life at that crash site. That's the latest here from our First Alert Desk. The Georgetown County Sheriff's Office newest partnership is helping inmates prepare to re-enter society. The program works with Coastal Carolina University to offer a sociology class to a handful of inmates, allowing them to continue their education. Now, the class is starting with five participants that are working toward their GEDs and college credits. But organizers do hope to expand the classes offered so inmates can earn a degree. Some Ravenel residents are both disappointed and angry after a meeting discussing the future of a nearly 100-acre plot of land has been postponed. A meeting set for next week would have looked further into possible rezoning plans for land on Drayton Street. Folks in Ravenel tell us they feel they're not being heard by local officials, who they say are looking out for their own interests. That's because the 96 acres of land that could house homes is owned by the family of Ravenel Mayor Stephen Tumbleston. The mayor did recuse himself from the matter, but people in the area say the process is limiting community involvement. It's unclear if that meeting will be rescheduled. A homeowner living on Johns Island is calling for change, saying he often sees accidents and drivers speed through his neighborhood. Neighbors are calling the road the Brittle Bush Speedway. They claim that area has gotten very dangerous and they need solutions to manage those speeders. Our Alicia Wimberly joins us now. So Alicia, folks in that area, they're clearly concerned. So what else did they share with you? Katie Shelby, along with high-speed drivers. This neighborhood deals with drivers cutting through the area, trying to avoid traffic from Maybank Highway. The neighborhood is called Brittlebush Lane in Whitney Lakes and is connected to an adjoining neighborhood. Kent Kyes has lived in Whitney Lakes for seven years and lives directly in front of what he calls the Brittlebush Speedway, a straightaway in the neighborhood with no speed limit signs throughout the Whitney Lakes neighborhood. The speed limit is 25 miles per hour, but Kai says it's not uncommon to see cars driving over 30 miles per hour, creating many near misses with children, pets, and neighbors. Kais is a part of the homeowner association where he says this issue has been discussed on multiple occasions and has yet to come up with any solutions. The homeowner association has even started petitions to come up with ways to prevent drivers from speeding. There are speed bumps throughout the neighborhood, as you just saw there, but for some reason, none on the Brittlebush Speedway. So when you get the, uh, the Maybank traffic, you start getting the cut-throughs, and people fly through here uh, 40, 50 miles an hour on the heavy traffic points of time during the day, morning and evening. We reached out on this issue, and we're waiting on a response from the State Department of Transportation on these issues. Of course, if you have an issue that's driving you crazy, you can let us know on this web story at life5news.com. Anita Huggins officially signed on the dotted line. She's giving the Charleston County School District its newest superintendent. Huggins' contract got final approval from board chair Keith Grabowski yesterday, nearly three weeks after she was offered the position. Huggins will be paid $275,000, filling the same role and almost the same contract left by Dr. Eric Gallion. The move comes days after the school board voted to restore the superintendent's ability to make hiring decisions without board approval.
Major changes are coming to your students' SAT exams this spring. There will be no more sitting at a desk with a pencil in your hand. The test will be 100% digital through an app called Blue Book. The College Board's also bringing what it calls adaptive testing, meaning the math and reading sections will each have two parts, and a student's performance in the first part of each section will determine how hard the second part is. Lastly, the test will be just over two hours long, almost an hour shorter than before. Happy 114th birthday to the Boy Scouts of America, which was incorporated on this date in 1910. Also celebrating birthdays this Thursday, composer-conductor John Williams is 92, author John Grisham is 69, actor Seth Green turns 50, and actor Joshua Morrow from The Young and the Restless also turns 50. Be sure to download the free Live 5 News and First Alert weather apps from your device's app store. You can stay up to date with breaking news and weather 24-7. Thanks so much for joining us for Morning Y'all, powered by Live 5 News. I'm Katie Kamen. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Morning Y'all is produced every weekday morning. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.